Zakawani, the flying winger. Oh, goodness me! He doesn't need anybody, Steve Zakawani! Steve Zakawani was never fun <laughs> to stick up against. If it wasn't for Zakawani, none of this is possible. It's Steve, it's Steve. <laughs> this is so weird. Steve Zakawani! What's going on everyone? Steve Zakawani here coming to you live from the 90 here in Pioneer Square. The sound is coming off a very, very big win at the weekend. I would argue maybe to date the biggest win of the season. Just when you consider coming off the back of that disappointing defeat to Portland Timbers, going to Houston, who's a very good home team, had only lost one game at home and in very challenging weather conditions. The Sounders to come away with the win they did, not playing particularly well, but picking up three points was really, really good. So, of course, we're going to recap that a little bit for you. And then on a recent trip to Philly, I had a chance to sit down with the Sounders' first ever Major League Soccer signing when they became a franchise. And that was, of course, the Frenchman Sebastian Latou, former teammate of mine, good friend of mine. And we got a chance to talk with him. So we'll have that interview for you exclusively here on the podcast. And then we'll look forward to this weekend and a little bit next weekend because these next two home games are critical because that away stretch of three games away from home is going to go a long way towards defining what kind of season this is for the Sounders. Will the Sounders be a team that comfortably gets into the playoffs, pushing LAFC all the way? Or will it be a team that's going to have to fight that red line between now and the end of, or beginning of October when the season ends? Big win at the weekend. Only one place to begin, and that's the goal. Um, I didn't know Jordan had that in him, I'll be honest with you. I know that Jordan can run onto balls in behind. I know that when he's one-on-one, he's shown that he can finish. I know that Jordan does prefer, I know deep down, this is just my personal view from what I gather, to play through the middle up top, preferably with a strike partner. But still, he's a striker first and foremost. So it's funny that Jordan had the first 45 minutes as a striker and was not involved in the game, did not do well as a striker, 45 minutes. And then they decided, the coaching staff, Brian Schmetzer, who gave the credit to Gonzalo Pineda and some of the other assistants, they decided to move Jordan out wide, left mid, not right mid, left mid. And then he came alive, got the goal, and was very, very dangerous from then on until he was subbed out. 75th minute or so. So the goal was incredible. When I say I didn't know Jordan had that in him, what I mean is it was exceptional. The first touch, the flick over the defender was very good, but a lot of guys can do that. It's that second touch, which serves two purposes. One, to bring the ball completely under your control, right by your foot, give the defender no chance to reach out. But two, it also sets you up for an easy finish. If that second touch is bad, it negates the first touch and it makes a third touch, a potential finish, pretty much impossible. So that second touch has to be spot on. And it was from Jordan Morris. It was on the money. And then the finish, of course, was a very clever finish, intentional, into the corner. Very well played Jordan Morris. But we've got to give the coach a lot of credit. As you know, I'm a big fan of Brian Schmetzer. Tactically, I don't think he gets the credit 
or respect he deserves and has earned as a tactician. I think he's a very good tactician. He went in at halftime and said, look, Houston's kicking our asses right now. I don't know if I can say asses, but we'll see. Maybe they'll bleep it out. Um, Houston's on top of us right now. They're controlling the game. They're dominating the game. It's the Houston Dynamo show right now because Houston had all the possession. Yes, they weren't very dangerous, but if you remember, Minotas could have scored a simple tap-in that he finishes usually and blazes it over the crossbar. It would have been bad for the Seattle Sounders. That's where we were headed in that first half. Brad Smith's job was to run at AJ De La Garza. AJ De La Garza came into the league with him, very experienced, great pro, not the fastest. If you can expose him with speed, you do so. Brad Smith goes down injured. Harry Ship comes on, not the same kind of player. So at halftime, coaching staff says we're going to put Jordan out wide on the left. We're going to move Christian from his wide position inside, more, of, more on that later, and put Nico as the false nine. And those moves worked magic. Why did it work? Well, Nico Ladero wants to run around and move around. And when he played as the 10, without Christian behind him, doing all the covering he does, it was very tough for Nico to leave his role as often as he likes. And he kind of felt stuck. He didn't get involved in the game. 20 minutes into the game, Nico had 10 touches. Way too low for Nico Ladero. He's normally even up to 25, 30 in some games when he's flying. Christian Rodon was lost out on the right-hand side. I think in the past, Christian could play out wide because he can do an adequate job, which he still can. But he's so good in the middle now that when you move him, it's a big risk and it never paid off at the weekend. So bringing those two inside, two of your best players on the board, who were both very poor in the first half in terms of their possession, which was very uncharacteristic. And they both were exceptional in the second half on the board. And that helped the Sounders dominate the middle, lock it down. And then, of course, that freed up Jordan Morris. So the tactical changes by Brian Schmetzer were very, very genius. And Houston had no response. I kept waiting for the wave, the flood of attacks for Houston to come back. Houston to try to bounce back, try to regain some momentum in the game. It never happened. It was all Seattle Sounders from the 45th minute onwards. The Dynamo had no answer. Excellent play by the Sounders. So all in all, a very good weekend for the Sounders, especially when you look at Minnesota dropping points, I believe. FC Dallas dropping points, I believe. Every team in the West that drops points is good. Um, Vancouver, I know they're not in the picture, but they drop points as well. So all in all, a phenomenal weekend for the Seattle Sounders and good character to bounce back from a very, very trying week um, after the Portland Timbers lost because losing those kind of games at home, especially here, the second year in a row, I think the fourth time in a row the Timbers have beaten the Sounders, it can do a lot to you mentally. Uh, you've got to bounce back as a squad. And Brian Spencer was very open about the difficulties of over- overcoming that kind of loss, but he felt confident in his group, very confident in his group, and it paid off. It paid off. And I think the star man, I'll give him a quick shout, was Nuhu defensively. Listen, I have a hard time commentating on games or knew who's playing because I have to keep myself from laughing because everything he does is so extravagant. When he heads the ball, it's like the hardest or craziest header of his life. When he tackles, it's not with his foot or his leg. It's his whole body flies into the ball. He does everything at 150%, and you have to love that. He shut down the Houston attack almost, almost 
single-handedly at times on our right-hand side because you weren't really asking Jordan Morris or Brad Smith to defend much because knew he was so good. He was my man of the match, absolutely. I know he ended up making team of the week, but I said it on the air that that was the man of the match. I'm not a big fan of giving man of the match just to the guy that scored, although Jordan played well. I thought Nuhu was the best player on the pitch for the Sounders, who defended really, really well. Stefan Fry had very little work to do, so a great win by the Sounders, and now that propels them into this weekend facing Sport in Kansas City, which we will talk about shortly. But first, stay tuned because Sebastian the Two exclusive interview coming right up after this. Pass in from Ship, takes an awkward bounce, Strina couldn't clear it. Morrison, Delagata goes over the back of him. Still my ball for Morris gets around it, and it's giving away. Right in off the far post. And Jordan Morris made that out of nothing, didn't he? A mistake at the back for Houston. Morris pounces, and the Sounders lead. Well, all credit to Jordan Morris here. The Houston Dynamo, their own worst enemy. It was a ball they could have easily cleared and didn't do so, but take nothing away from what Jordan Morris does here. Welcome back. We're still here. Steve Zakwani here, your host, winging it with Zakwani. With no further delay, let's get right to it. To a few weeks back, sitting in Philadelphia after the Seattle Sounders had just played the Philadelphia Union, I believe, to a draw. We were able to sit down the next morning with Sebastian Dutu right in Philadelphia outside his home. And we got to catch up with the Sounders' first ever signing in Major League Soccer. Enjoy. The first time I heard of Sebastian Latou, I'm going to tell you, I was in Akron, Ohio. Really? In my hotel room. Um, you were at what, seven, eight? <laughs> <laughs> Seattle had just drafted me, and I was going to be moving there in two days. And I said, we signed Casey Keller. I said, yeah, and no, Casey Keller. I yes. grew up in England. Freddie Lundberg, okay. I, you know, Arsenal. And then, but our first ever signing ever in the club MLS was Sebastian Latou. Tell me about that moment when you knew you were going from USL to MLS. Did you always know it was going to happen? Or how did, did Adrian approach you? Was it Brian Schmetzer? Who told you when we go to MLS, you're going to stay? Because a lot of guys wasn't sure, yeah. but you were the first one. What was the story behind that? I mean, it was just uh, my first year in USL. I, uh, I mean, with the team, we won everything. You know, we had a great team. We won the championship, we won the playoff. And uh, luckily, I got the MVP award and the best scorer award of the league, which uh, was new to me because I didn't know he existed in, <laughs> in this country. So I was like, oh, it's very, very nice. So, uh, but I really enjoy, you know, to play for, for the team and the city. So at the end of the first year, we knew that the MLS expansion were coming in two years. So in my head, I was already, oh, great. I would like to play for the MLS team, you know, here. And, uh, but after, like, I finished the first year in USL, <coughs> I got, like, a few contacts with the uh, MLS team. And even, like, with the MLS who told me, like, hey, are you interested in doing, like, the combine, you know, and stuff like that we are, like, kind of starting to be doing. But I didn't know what it was exactly. And I was like, no, not really. Like, I, I want to be in Seattle. And... Uh, I remember LA Galaxy like kind of approached me a little bit to maybe sign with them and stuff like that and I was like no I'd, I want to be in Seattle so with Adrian I think we, we talk a lot about it and um, I think he find a, a loop in a system of uh, the MLS rules and everything happening to uh, be able to me to sign with MLS and MLS loan me to Seattle, to Seattle Sanders USL team which will make me directly a MLS player for the year after because I will play with uh, Seattle. So 
I was very happy about that. I was very happy that uh, compared to the Seattle uh, contract I had, which was a seven months contract in USL, which was very weird for me coming from France. But I signed a 12, year, uh, 12 months you know, uh, contract in USL and after another four years uh, in MLS. And uh, yeah, I was very happy to have Adrian like, be able to help me uh, do that. And uh, after that, I was just yeah, the first player. I think I signed at the end of, uh, of the second year of uh, you know, the USL um, year to be in MLS after. To some of those years we played, I think everyone, the first two, three seasons, but especially that first year, it was the Open Cup run. And in the Open Cup, we would always change the formation of the team, and it was always Seba and Roger Levesque up top. And your partnership was unbelievable. You guys would just pass to each other, one, twos, you would score two, two assists, Roger would score two. That understanding with you and Roger, how did you guys develop it? And do you remember some of those games? Oh yeah, I mean, if, like every time I was Open Cup, I don't know. My motivation like went double just because I know I was playing forward. I know with Ziggy it was hard because you know with Freddie and Nate who was you know his guy on top and they were doing good for the team. You know I was more like you, you know the young guys who all right, we put you on the side and you need to do the hard work, you know, defending and uh, and running hard, which. I didn't mind because I know I can do it, but in really in my heart, like for the first two years when I played with Roger as a forward was, uh, was great because, you know, scoring goals, playing with each other, we had, a, like you said, a very good uh, understanding of what we like and how we like to play. So when we played those uh, Open Cup games, especially at the beginning when it was like the first, second round, you know, nobody really cared that much, but we really cared. And I remember it was you played, all the guys, you know, were kind of on the bench and didn't play a lot during the season. They were very motivated to show that, hey, like we can play too. So, yeah, I think it was a, a good like team spirit too. Everybody was uh, doing a great job and playing with Roger. Yeah, it's, uh, it was always fun because uh, I know what he likes. I know like to always, you know, turn around him and make the run when he can hold the ball. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was fun. And, Luckily, we, we had a great run and we won it, so it was nice. The fans in Seattle, obviously, everybody knows about the fans. You were there at the very beginning. What can you say about the fan base, the support that people get in Seattle? Did you know when you was a USL team that if we ever became MLS, it's going to be this crazy? Or was that a surprise for you surprise. as well? Yeah, I mean, we had a great... Uh, the first year I played in USL, we played at the link, at the Century yeah. Field, which was a different name at that time. But uh, so we played there, it was just one stand open. But it was the first home game, especially like 10,000 people came. So I was like, okay, it's very nice. It's a big stadium, so it looks empty, but I can tell there's some people. And uh, after the second year, we played in Tequila, which was feeling more like energized and it was, uh, it was kind of like nice. But yeah, I had no idea that uh, coming to the first game against New York, uh, it was going to be like that crazy. And uh, it was awesome. Like, I mean, I was kind of like you in the same time we enter in the field of like, holy how, you know, like it's, uh, it's amazing. So yeah, it's really like took off and I knew that in uh, Pacific Northwest soccer was already big, you know, just from the youth and, you know, having all the kids playing or so many tournaments every time, like when I was hanging out over there. But uh, I didn't know like kind of the, the parents were going to uh, say, oh, okay, let's go see them. But it was, it was nice to see and it was good for, uh, for the city for sure. Even though you left, you know, you've gone on to different teams, do you still feel that connection with the city of Seattle and the people in Seattle? Yeah, I, I always enjoy Quebec for sure. Like, uh, I kind of like to go back and I'm like, oh, this change and oh, it's not like the same. But uh, every time I go, there's always, even if I'm just hanging like this, always one guy's like, oh my God, it's, I was like, yeah, how are you? Like, it's, uh, it's always nice to, you know, to, to be recognized, especially when you left for a long time. But uh, yeah, I always, uh, I don't have any 
bad thinking about about Seattle or anywhere. Like I always had a great time, even if uh, from the USL time to you know MLS, even if I just stay one year in MLS. But uh, it was always like a, a good time, hanging out, like having you know some night with you, having fun during the day and stuff like that. It was it was fun. It was always a a, a good a good time with everybody and. You can tell every time you say to uh, anybody in Seattle, like you play for the Thunder, everybody is always so, you know, welcoming and happy, and just want to to share, uh, you know, the same uh, same thing with you. So it's always nice. Yeah. You came to Seattle through a kind of a crazy road, but your first night in Seattle, um, Adrian actually was very involved. You were telling us a bit about that story, but um, tell us a bit more about that first night in Seattle. First, first night. Uh, so I came from Dallas because I was doing a tryout in for the FC Dallas, but it didn't work out. So I flew from Seattle, but the tryout in Seattle didn't happen uh, for a couple of more days. And uh, Adrian like bought my flight and he was like, hey, I'm going to uh, pick you up uh, from the airport. And the next day you will go with uh, some of the players uh, to their house to, to stay with them. But so I didn't know what to expect. So I came, he picked me up and uh, I went to his house like the first night, which was kind of weird because I was like, what's happening? Uh, but uh, he was very, very nice, like always tried to, to help me the, the best way. And uh, it's what I like too about, uh, you know, playing for Seattle because I can tell that uh, Adrian really cares, you know, really wants to, to have a, a good team and have players happy to, to play here. So it was, uh, it was kind of weird to be at his house for the first night. I remember I slept pretty quickly, but not right away because I was like, where am I? And, uh, but the next day was, uh, was very nice and he, he really helped me a lot uh, during my, uh, my first couple of months over there. And you got to meet some of the players. What was your first impressions of like Roger, Taylor Graham? Was Zach Scott around? Uh, so Taylor Graham was not uh, right here right away because he came uh, mid-season on the first USL. But uh, like the first uh, house I stayed with the player was Roger, Kevin Sakuda, uh, Nate Borcher, uh, I think was his last name, and uh, Noah Merle. Plus one of their roommates, Andy, was the first name, his last name I forgot. But it was like five guys, five boys living in this big house in Renton. And I was like, where? The same, where am I? Like, so now you're going to stay on this couch, you'll be like your, uh, your bed for a couple of uh, next days. I was like, okay. And my English was so bad, so I can't really like have conversation or anything. But I was always seeing like people coming in and out of the house, like grabbing balls, grabbing pennies, doing another job. And I was like, who are you guys? Like, do you play soccer? And of course they play soccer too. And, uh, but they were like really active because at that time in USA, you know, every player had a, had a job plus, uh, you know, playing soccer during the regular season. But uh, it was very different for me to see from France. But uh, all the guys, they were so nice to me. Like, you know, having a guy you don't know from France who you tell yourself, hey, he's going to sleep on your car for a couple of days. Okay. And they're like, yeah, yeah, no problem. So, yeah, they bring me pretty much everywhere with them. Like, try to show me around a little bit. And uh, it was kind of uh, very nice to see. And like you say, when you came to the first team and you see players act like, like with you, you know, they are not... Uh, scared of you coming but they are very uh, welcoming and helping it was uh, very nice so yeah i just had a, a very good memory of uh, those few first nights uh, at their house and i was like all right i kind of like the life here it's pretty cool if you can during your career you're very lucky if you can find one team to have a great connection with you seem to have found two so obviously seattle yeah. but here we're in philly we were at the game last night we saw the ring of honor there's only one name there that's your name from what i saw um, why has it worked so well in Philly for you? When you came here, you scored a bunch of goals and now you're living here. So yeah. what, what is it about you and this city that end up working so well? I mean, with Seattle and with uh, Philly, I think it's the same thing. It's just like with Seattle, like, I got lots of success as a striker when I played in USL you know, for two years. Even in MLS, but in MLS I just scored one goal, you know. And uh, but I play a lot of games with you. We always play every game. We're always healthy and you know, stay, stay active. And we had 
the Open Cup run with the one. So you know, when you win a title in a city, you always I think be there for uh, for a long time. So I think this was was great, and I had a great connection with the fans too, which was uh, important for me because I always enjoyed doing this. And when I came to Philly. What changed, I think, for me is uh, having the coach at the time, Novak, who called me and he was like, hey, I bring you because I want you as a striker, which he told me he followed me since all my years in USL. He was like, I understand you can play on a wide uh, midfield, but I want you as a striker. So when he told me that, I think he just made a click and more confidence boost in myself. Be like, great, I can play again as a striker. It'll be awesome. And I just, I guess, surf on this wave of confidence. And even if, you know, the first year will be difficult with the team, we don't have the best result, but I play pretty well and I score lots of goals and from that I just kind of like keep going and uh, after it was just you know when you have success in a in a team I'm sure you know you can always uh, have a, a good time and it's always easier so from that I you know I met uh, my wife now from here and even if I got traded I was able to come back because uh, I can tell when I left uh, the fan was not very happy of me leaving even if I have nothing to say about it I didn't choose to leave but uh, coming back and when I come back I got another you know great uh, couple of years here it's, it was just kind of like a normal fit for me to after I retire to come back here because uh, in my nine years in MLS I played five and a half here I play I'd say three in Seattle but two in, uh, in USL so you know it's the most time uh, I spend uh, in two teams even if I play for six teams you know I just play six months in Vancouver four months in New York five months in Colorado and seven months in DC which you put those four teams together it's not even close to what I spend here or in Seattle so um, yeah, it's always like the two, the two cities I feel is the most connected for sure. When you were in France, you met Adrian Hanawa in France. Yes. From that meeting, could you have imagined in the next 10, 11, 12 years that your life would have gone all the places you went to? No, no, for sure not. Like, you would have told me, hey, you would have a great career and uh, you would have played with Steve Zakwani, the Akron boy, and uh, have fun and one title. No, no chance. Like, like, especially like being a right back in France and telling me like I was going to be uh, one of the top scorers, be able to uh, be now part of a history in Seattle, you know, and part of the history in Philadelphia Union, even if it's a short history, but, you know, I'm here. So it's hard to understand and seeing right now because, you know, we are just uh, freshly retired, but uh, I think, you know, later on, it'd be uh, it'd just an awesome feeling. And every time I, I just think about uh, my life here and, oh, wow, I'm here now. It's crazy because I, I never thought I was going to be here. Uh, playing in America. I don't even know you had soccer in America. I just, you know, like 12 years ago when I left. So it's, uh, it's just amazing to kind of see where I come from and where even soccer uh, is here now. It's, uh, it's a huge improvement and uh, I'm very happy to be a part of that for sure. When you think back on your time in Seattle, is there one memory or a couple of memories that stick out or are really strong ones or happy ones or good ones or is just your whole time? Um, I mean, yeah, it was just a, like a great time, like every, every road trip. Like I remember in USA, which was crazy because you know you take the bus from everywhere. I remember we had like a trip from uh, I think it was Atlanta to Charleston or to Miami in bus. I was like, what? It's like, oh yeah, it's gonna be a ten-hour trip. I'm like, what's happening? Like it was like crazy. But uh, we you know being in the bus with just those guys, it was just so much fun. Like uh, can't even like imagine it before you do it. But uh, it, it was pretty crazy. But otherwise, no, it's just. Uh, I think yeah. Every every time you had a, had a chance to step on the field for Seattle. It was just even in USA, like the fans were amazing and uh, me kind of like learning just English, you know. I'm sorry about my English guys right now, uh, but it's the best I can do. My accent will still be here. I'm sorry, but uh, no, it's, uh, it's just great. I, uh, 
of course, you know, like I say, winning the Open Cup was one of the biggest uh, accomplishments as a team, you know, we had. But winning the USL Championship and the playoff was uh, was great too. Like first time, you know, winning something uh, for me as a as a team in America was was great. And we had a, you know, what what you remember is always like, of course, the players, the goals. But you remember a lot about the connection you have uh, with your teammates. You know, what happened during that year, who did what. You remember like always like weird thing. You know, oh, this uh, happened during this game, or you know. So it's uh, it's just kind of like what you keep usually the most uh, inside of you. You're recently retired. Um, do you know what's next, or are you just going day by day, or do you know what you want to do? I don't. Uh... I don't really have uh, one main thing I like to do. I'm just uh, enjoying retirement life and being my own boss. It's kind of nice uh, because right now, you know, when you play for almost you know 20 years, you know, since I'm 15, I never had a weekend. Never had a chance to be like, hey, I just want to be in vacation for those three days. So it's kind of nice to uh, decide when you want to work and when you don't want to work. I uh, have to say, like, you know, I'm sure you miss a lot of, you know, weddings and birthday and, you know, go away party. And you can really, like, enjoy that much time when you play, which it's okay. But uh, when you can, like, now enjoy those moments, it's, uh, it's kind of nice. So I'm winning a little bit, but uh, I'm trying a few things, you know, like I would for sure still be in soccer probably still be uh, connected with the city. I'm doing you know, some broadcasting right now. So again, working on my English is very nice. Talking about the game, it's, uh, it's very easy. But um, after, I don't know, we'll see. I, you know, I have a company uh, with my wife of home staging, which is more her uh, like thing, but I help her a lot uh, with that. And it's fun, you know, doing kind of like something completely different than soccer too. Um, but uh, I would definitely, yeah, being a game, Coaching, I don't know, because if you coach, it means like the same. You don't have any more weekends, so I don't know. But uh, I'm sure it will come back to me just kind of like right now. You know, we are still very young, so I can see uh, we can do that a bit later. There's no, you know, oh, you have to do it right now. So right now I'm just happy of what I'm doing. And uh, after it, just, you know, opportunities sometimes, uh, they came along. Like my opportunity to come to America, I had no idea it was going to be happening. But, uh, you know, when, uh, when you ask for something, usually uh, it comes, so... I just need to yeah to figure out what exactly I love to do because, like you, you know, soccer was uh, really since uh, you know I'm a kid uh, I love to do and it was my dream, and now it's over. You know, it it sucks because you know you cannot play forever. But uh, I just need to find something that really uh, excite me and uh, you know make me want to you know wake up every morning and you know just be happy to do it. It doesn't feel like work, you know. So what do you think your soccer legacy is in Seattle, or what would you like it to be? I don't know. I just uh, I was just happy to play for this team, you know. Like, like the legacy is not really like this person who can. Uh, I cannot tell you. People can talk about it, but it's not really what I, I care. I just had fun, you know, playing soccer. Hopefully, I make other people uh, having fun watching us play. And uh, most important is, I think, when uh, you play for a team and you care, which uh, I did when I played for Seattle. You always want to, you know, bring the fans to the stadium, have them support the team, and uh, you know, be one of the best team. Uh, in, uh, in the country, so uh, I try to do my best to always, you know, connect with the fans and, you know, share my uh, my love of the game. So it's what I, I usually try to to do the most. And when somebody, you know, always asks for a picture or something, it's uh, it's always very nice for me. I'm like, yeah, of course, I would love to, you know, make you happy for two seconds. You know, it doesn't uh, cost anything. So the legacy is just uh, yeah, just uh, having fun on the field and uh, try to, you know, bring the love of the game of soccer to uh, to America and growing in a 
in a mentality of uh, the parents who can share it after with, uh, with their kids. I think it was the most important. Great stuff right there. And once again, I want to thank Sebastian Latou. And that is part of a series called Once a Sounder, which you can find on all the Sounder social media channels, also at soundersfc.com. We've had DeAndre Yedlin, Freddie Lundberg, Freddie Montero, Michael Spreining, now Sebastian Latou. And there's a few more coming. So stay tuned, watch this space. And uh, let us know how you're enjoying this series. We had a blast. We've had a blast and are having a blast going around recording all these interviews with some sounders. I think as most of you know, Sebastian Latou was someone who lived on Whidbey Island and would have to, you know, as he mentioned, get up so early to drive to Seattle. Many times he crashed at my apartment, but I would never see him the next morning because he would get up at 4 or 5 a.m. and would be gone. You know, this was after games. Sometimes on, we played on a Saturday night, on a Sunday morning, the guy would be gone. But he was up there in Whidbey Island running a lot of camps, doing a lot of soccer training. And Seba, I think at the time was, you know, he's very much an outdoors, naturey person. And, and he just loves living here in Seattle. As you know, if you're in Seattle and you're an outdoors person, you pretty much hit the jackpot. So he was big on that. But aside from that, this guy helped me because when I arrived here in the locker room, I didn't know anybody in the changing room. You know, we had Casey Keller on one side, Freddie Lomberg on the other side, these two stars. But the guy who was even before them was Sebastian Latou. And he definitely played his role in making me feel at home. You know, he spoke French to me. The first phone I ever got here in Seattle was on Sebastian Latou's social security number because I was coming from college as a student where I didn't have a social security number so he had to do it on his phone until I got mine so small things like that standing in line with me at AT&T back in those days and fans looking at us like aren't you guys the guys that play for the Sounders etc etc um, great guy great guy great teammate can run for days could have easily won a marathon back then I don't know if he's still as fit as that but back then he could have won the marathon because this guy could run for days you know skinny as a stick but can run all day so great great guy and this this is some of the personalities that make up the history of you know this great club so seeing them still speak highly of the club is great but in turn with some insight that I have I can also speak highly of him because he really was a great locker room guy I think all the guys had a not one has a bad word to say about Sebastian the two and the only thing I would say is I wish he could have maybe played here longer he might have deserved that but the way the league is that's how it is trades happen things happen Uh, the team lost the away match against Kansas City. Does that any, add any extra motivation this weekend? Well, I think anytime we play Kansas City, it's it's going to be a battle. We we understand that it's going to be um, them pressing, them uh, you know just trying to do everything possible to to get the dub to to win the game. Um, so we understand that we we understand it's going to be a, a difficult one. Um, so they're well coached. They have uh, good engines in the midfield, but. I don't think necessarily um, one game really dictates on, on how we feel about, about them. Uh, I think it's just overall, um, since we've been in the league, our games against theirs, uh, their team has always been a tough one. Alright guys, welcome back. Let's get right to it because this weekend the Sounders FC welcomes Sporting Kansas City and out of sorts. Sporting KC, a team that historically you think of a Peter Vermees team, you think solid, strong, together, challenger, potential winner. Not quite so far in 2019, but of course that can change at any moment, although I do think for the Sounders, this all hinges on what they do. The three things 
that will be key to three points and continuing to move up the table in terms of points and distancing yourself from that red line, what the Sounders must do this weekend is, number one, a fast start. This team has got to get back to making fast starts. The very best game for the Sounders, I keep talking about that first four or five games, but one of the core tenets of those great performances was the team started well. First 15, especially here at home, coming out, jumping on teams, being dangerous, taking a game to teams. Oh, so good to watch. Gone away from that. Houston, it took 45 minutes. Away to Sporting KC, it took 45 minutes. So many of these games, the Sounders wait to see what the opponent's going to do before deciding to say, hold on, we can play our game and do what we do and be successful. And I want to kind of see a little bit more of a return to that this weekend. A fast start. Number two, wide play. This has been missing for the Sounders. Listen, I don't know how serious Brad Smith's injury is, but there's Jovan Jones there. There's Jordan Morris there. The Sounders should still be dominating in wide areas. In wide areas, they were absolutely torching teams early on this season. Torching teams. That's gone away a bit as well. Get back to being dynamic on the wing. And that was the idea for Brian Schmetzer this past game because he started Brad Smith out there in a higher position, but that never really got going. And then before Brad could get going, he gets injured. And, you know, Jordan scores early in the second half. And then from there, it was kind of, let's maintain and protect what we have. But the Sounders have to find a way, especially Joven Jones. You know, he's kind of, it's been stop-start since coming back. And the team sees him at this point, not much, so much as a left-back. Higher up the pitch, I've always preferred Jovin starting left back. And he told us in his such eloquent interview last week that he prefers to play um, left back and then join the attack late, which is what I've seen. Jordan's a, Jovin sorry, is a guy who is so good joining the attack, making things happen. Not necessarily starting up high. It's a different game. The spaces are different. I know, believe me. But if that's where he's going to play... That's why you have to make an impact and you want to see them return to dynamic, high-level, wide play. Number three, I said this before the last time they played Sporting KC and the team did not listen to the podcast that week because it all went wrong. Johnny Russell. Johnny Russell scored a hat-trick. You knew that's the guy that's going to hurt you. And listen, I don't want to be critical of the Sounders here because great players, you can't stop them sometimes, but... It is a bit of a worrying pattern that the other team's danger man is hurting the Sounders, even, when you, even though you know that's who's going to hurt us. Fernandez for the Timbers. Martinez. Joseph Martinez came here for Atlanta, had a free head in the six-yard box and scored. At the start of the season, it was Pozuelo from Toronto. We knew, and he came in. And now we're talking about Johnny Russell. I don't want to say that's the kind of job Osvaldo Alonso used to do, but you know, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that. That's why you miss him a little bit. So you have to get back to shutting down the other team's star, man. Make a statement. We're at home. We're going to keep a clean sheet. You scored a hat-trick last time. We're going to keep you quiet this time. But he's a good player, man. I'm looking forward to seeing him here. And if he plays well and gets us off our seats, no problem. As long as he doesn't score or get an assist and the Sounders win the game. That's the plan. Those are the three things. Fast start, dynamic wide play, and keep... Johnny Russell, the Scotsman, quiet. Keep him quiet. Do those things and I'm absolutely sure, I'm certain, under no doubts, no illusions, 
that the Sounders will be picking up three points and heading into the clash against Bruce Arena, New England on the back of two solid wins. That's all we've got time for this week. As always, thanks for joining us. Thanks again, Sebastian O2, for taking the time with us. Once a sounder, you can check it out online and all the sounder social media handles. I'm Steve Zakwani signing out. This has been Winging It with Zakwani.